morning, Tiffany, and welcome to the Roca Paleo Show. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be here. It's our pleasure. Good morning, Mark. How's everyone? Fine, thank you. Can't complain at all. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're here then. Um, so, Tiffany, our common friend, Jade Nelson, is actually the second guest we have in a couple of weeks that was suggested by Jade. So, um, thanks. Thanks to Jade. Uh, suggested we talk to you and then there you are. Thank you for coming on our show. <clears throat> thank you for having me. And uh, thanks to Jade, who is an awesome friend and an awesome advocate for keto. She is. And she's very um, good at explaining how, you know, things are going that way when it comes to her situation. Um, so you're a keto chef and owner of the website Keto Kitchen School. And uh, we'd like to know a little bit about your background, how you came, you know, professionally, how you came to where you are now. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I've been cooking, you know, forever. Uh, and I've been cooking professionally for about 20 years now. My background has always been in food for health, whole foods, because I was raised in a whole foods, uh, sort of crunchy vegetarian household. So when I began to cook professionally, I was, uh, I attended the Natural Gourmet Institute in New York City, and their emphasis is on, you know, whole foods, but also vegetarian lifestyle. And I did, you know, I came from that background. Uh, but I've taught and cooked all different kinds of food all over, uh, especially all over New York City. And um, I, coming from that background, you know, I even spent time at the Cushy Institute, you know, doing macrobiotics, all of that stuff. Um, I, so I took a very long and uh, sort of arduous route to keto. To me, you know, I wasn't a, a low carb person. I never tried Atkins, any of that. You know, I had always come from this other way of seeing the world. And mm -hmm. Um, my husband and I opened our own restaurant uh, almost four years ago, and my entire lifestyle changed really drastically. We left the city, and we were, were just working, you know, 100 hours a week. Uh, it ended up being just the two of us running the restaurant only. Um, yeah. And my health took a very severe turn for the worse. Mm -hmm. uh, and I gained a lot of weight, and I... I started to feel, you know, almost to the point of it becoming a disability. And my 100 hours of, of work <laughs> a week was becoming almost impossible. And I was looking for a new answer. Nothing that I had done before in my past was addressing it. You know, the smoothies weren't working, the juices weren't working. Uh, and so I decided to try something try something different if you want different results you have to try something different so i started looking for an answer and i came across keto i had heard of it before as a therapeutic intervention for epilepsy but i had never considered it as a dietary intervention for anything else but i was i was moved by the science, the science made sense. And I was happy to see something that finally made scientific sense that logically I could work with. 
And so I still, I went out on a limb, you know, I decided to try it. But for me, it was a big, uh, you know, experiment. I'm going to give it a month and try it and see what's the worst could happen. It's just real food. And by the end of that month, I was absolutely sold. I had never experienced anything like it in my life of, of the, the health benefits, the way I felt and the change in my, my physical, mental, and emotional being. Right. So, um, so your primary use for the keto diet uh, is mostly f for uh, losing weight. You're I not using it to control uh, epilepsy attacks or anything like, like, like Jade, for example. Right. No, I don't have anything as a, acute as that. I started it as a weight loss and health intervention. I continued it because of the changes I felt in things like inflammation. So painful joints that stopped being painful. You know, mm -hmm. my difficulty getting up the stairs at home disappeared very quickly. Mm -hmm. And um, my energy, which obviously was a very very crucial for me in the restaurant, you know, yeah. my energy began to improve my, my mental stamina began to improve. So for me, it's a, an overall health and well-being uh, versus, you know, an acute intervention, but I do have um, some food allergies and uh, I have had, uh, I've had a hysterectomy for instance. So, you know, I've had some health problems that, those have been helped by this change in my diet. Okay. You know, what's surprising is that we have a very similar background. I've also been, uh, I started as a pastry chef, got into baking, then I got into food. Then I became a nutritionist. I'm a certified microbiology counselor as well. Okay. So I know about the Cushy Institute. Yeah. Um, and I also taught vegan vegetarian for a year and a half after teaching pastries and baking for another couple of years before that. Yeah. So I'm like jumping all over the place. But uh, our common passion is food as medicine. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I see that. So um, how can you uh, explain your how did you start and how, what was, uh, how did you progress through? And as you went through, what kind of improvement did you see? Well, I, I started, I decided to do things uh, differently altogether. So I found all the information I could, and then I decided to consult with a nutritionist. Um, I'm sure you've heard of her, Amy Berger. Uh, she's mm -hmm. at Tewitt Nutrition. Um, mm -hmm. So I actually did a consultation with her just to make sure I said, you know, I thought, what the heck, let me, even though I kind of think I know what I'm doing here, let me talk to somebody and get some support um, and make sure I'm on the right track. So I did that. And I am in the restaurant all day, every day. And our restaurant is uh, a pizzeria, an Italian restaurant. <laughs> My husband is a New York city pizza man. So for me, I had to really strategize how I was going to fit these changes into my life. I cook all day, but what I, 90% of what I cook isn't something that I can eat in this lifestyle. Right. So 
and I and I transitioned. I'm not a I'm not a black and white or all you know all or nothing person. I I needed to transition, so I started by just cutting out um, you know major sources of carbohydrate. Okay, I'm not going to have any more bread. I'm not going to have any more pasta. I won't eat rice, um, and then no, no more pizza. Yeah, no more pizza. Ironically, I'm allergic to tomatoes, <laughs> so I don't eat much pizza anyway. So, you know, it's this built-in uh, safety that most of the time I can't eat the pizza anyway. Right. So that worked out. And things that people have a hard time giving up, I had given up a long time ago. I didn't miss ketchup. I didn't miss, you know, barbecue sauce. Those have been gone from my life for a long time. So in some ways, I had a sort of built-in advantage. Uh and I, you know, I didn't worry right away about things like carrots or, you know, starchy vegetables, things like that. I didn't limit mm -hmm. them at first. I just started, you know, cutting back on the most obvious offenders. And then as I adjusted to that, I went from there and started cutting out more. But the other thing I did that really helped me was to concentrate on adding in healthy fats where I would have snacked on carbohydrates before. So right, I kept right. a container of coconut butter on my station. Mm -hmm. and it would stay fairly warm there, you know, and if I felt compelled to snack or eat something, which in the beginning, as you transition, you do, you know, you feel like eating all the time, I would eat a spoonful of coconut butter. Mm. It had a little bit of a sweetness to it, it you know, it was satisfying, and I could move on to the next thing I needed to do without feeling, you know, if I had just tried to ignore the cravings while yeah. completely surrounded by food, it, you know, would have not worked at all. <laughs> so having, yes. having something else there and that, that fat started to be, I, I started to feel almost, you know, like calmer and it started to sort of soothe my anxiety and that was a surprise for me, but you know, that really helped as well. So some avocado, a piece of beef bacon, whatever it may be to have it there and have it available, mm. you know, and be able to move on. So I, I transitioned. Yeah. Better yet, uh, a little cocoa butter on top of a bacon. bacon <laughs> slice, <right? laughs> yeah. yeah. A little so, uh, fat bomb there. So the reason I'm asking is because a lot of people don't know how to start or to approach it. And uh, I wanted to hear from you. I'm not keto. I'm, uh, you know, paleo. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, I could not explain, but that's why I'm asking you to explain for people out there that are still on the fence. How do you transition from regular diet to uh, keto diet without uh, killing yourself or without, um, feeling horrible so yeah yeah and i i i think the transitioning is important and everybody's different everybody some people just they find out the you know they read the information they get a list of accepted foods and that's what they do and they everything else they put aside and that works for them i needed to you know smooth that out for myself mm -hmm. um, but i also had the advantage of knowing i know what a carbohydrate is i know where right. the hidden carbohydrates are uh, you know, so I had a big advantage in that respect and I knew what fat was and I knew where the protein was. And, you know, a lot of people spend a lot of their time just trying to understand what's in their food to begin with right. and it what is they're important. eating. Yeah. It is important to know. Um, that's why a little reading beforehand helps 
would help a lot of people to educate themselves on the difference between carbs and fats and, you know, different nutrients before they get going so they have a better understanding of what is what. You know, uh, technically a pizza is vegetarian, but that doesn't make it healthy. Right. right? <laughs> You're right. And, That's you know, and what kind of pizza and what, you know, whatever it is, there's mm -hmm. so many, there's so many permutations at this point in our society of everything, you know, that it's right. mind boggling. If you have had to keep some sort of dietary restriction in your life, whatever it is, if you have a food allergy, if you are vegetarian, if you keep kosher, if you're halal, you probably are more educated about food than the average person who has no food restrictions. And mm -hmm. that will serve you. You know, you, you already have a sense of there's something hidden in this, or I have to read labels, you know, and I, I've always, I used to always tell my students, you know, that's, that's a good thing. If you have to question yourself before you put food in your mouth, that is a good thing. It's going to serve you in your life because you need to know what you're eating. That goes for life in general, question everything. Yeah, <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does. So, um, you, so you progressively moved in into that, and then at uh, which point did you become, like, I wouldn't say 100% because nobody can do 100%, but let's say maybe 90% keto uh, at what um, it was progressive or one day you say, okay, I, um, I think I'm getting there and now it's time to go full speed on it. I would say that after about a month of transitioning and cutting things and making changes, I was to a point that would be, you know, considered a ketogenic diet. I started to feel that I was going into ketosis. I wasn't mm -hmm. testing at that time. Mm -hmm. I but I did get some urine sticks somewhere along in there. And so then I did start to see, you know, showings of ketones on the urine stick. And then I transferred to, uh, uh, you know, like a keto breathalyzer, which at the time was pretty expensive, <laughs> but I decided to, you know, I decided I really wanted to know what I was doing. I didn't use a blood monitor. Um, you know, I didn't have, uh, I didn't have one already. I wasn't uh, diabetic and, I wasn't right. in love with the idea of pricking my finger constantly when I'm constantly in the kitchen and constantly in water and constantly in food. So I figured I would try the breath monitor. Um, and so that I started getting reading on so that I knew that I was actually in, you know, a state of ketosis, at least part of the time. I tend to, whether it's due to stress or whether it's my physiology, I tend to go in and out of ketosis pretty frequently, mm -hmm. regardless of what I'm eating. Uh, I can be eating the same thing three days in a row and see that it's, you know, sort of bouncing all around. But. Right. The trick is, and that's for the um, audience, the trick is not to guilt trip about it. It's like, okay, know you're doing something, I wouldn't say wrong, but out of, the, out of your diet, acknowledge it and then go back and go back to the... Yeah. And if you haven't changed your diet look around at what else is going on. You may be lacking in sleep, yeah. maybe facing a stressful situation. If you're a woman, it's very much tied into your hormones. You know, you, mm -hmm. as your hormones change over the course of the month, you can just simply be out of ketosis because of that. Um, you know, if, you're, if you feel well and you're doing the things that 
you feel you should be doing, you know, you don't need to beat yourself up just chasing a number. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, and that's that, of course, I'm not talking about for a therapeutic intervention, like where we're talking about epilepsy or, you know, right. for your brain, where you may really need to chase a number. I'm talking about for yes. general health and weight loss. Right, right, right. So uh, you mentioned some of the improvements. So um, your joints get better. Uh, what else? I think what I found most surprising and most compelling was my emotional state and my mental state. I began to feel an energy. I began to feel energized. And I began to feel this sort of inner urge to move and to, you know, I felt like a kid, like I wanted to get up and jump up and down on the couch. <laughs> and I, I couldn't, you know, I thought, I thought that was purely a function of childhood. I thought that was just something that was, you feel like that when you're a kid. And as an adult, you don't feel like that anymore because I hadn't felt that way since grade school. And I think that was the most amazing thing. I had never, no matter what other style of eating I had done, I had never felt that just pure energy and the need to burn energy. And I felt emotionally motivated and I felt this sort of overall sense of general sense of well-being and, and hopefulness, you know, and I've had people, of course, say, well, that's a placebo effect. And, you know, but I don't think anybody could have been, I did not expect any good effects. <laughs> I thought, you know, like, oh, yeah, whatever, it'll be, I'll try it. But I didn't expect any of these. I didn't believe it. You know, I was a non-believer. So it, I just, and then, you know, and then as I tracked my ketones, I noticed the correlation, you know, I started to be able to feel when I was deeper in ketosis before I tracked it and before I saw the proof. And I just, I can't say enough about that. You know, I lost about 40 pounds, Hmm. which was a big deal for me. I had not lost that much weight in uh, decades. Hmm. I, again, you know, my painful achy joints and uh you know i was getting some real problems in my hands from constantly working Mm. that pain waking up with achings you know hips that i couldn't sit up and couldn't stand up out of bed that was gone my painful knees were gone and just gone no no painkillers no you know they, I just wake up in the morning and get up and do what I have to do. And then suddenly realize like, well, I'm not feeling this pain. And emotionally and mentally, I just began to feel clear and right. more defined, mm-hmm. more self-possessed, more in control within myself, more, mm-hmm. more with, more within myself. If that makes any sense, you know, more, 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 more stable, uh, less, yeah scattered maybe oh yeah and much less emotional i had been that had been a real problem for me uh you know i had i was on hormone replacement therapy and i was becoming really emotional in the kitchen Mm -hmm. so you know we'd be working and all of a sudden i would just be upset or i just would be beside myself or just be furious uh you know that was that wasn't i thought that was a normal chef state Maybe it is as well, but I, you know, I notice it getting worse and worse. You know, and my husband, my poor husband, is like just trapped with me, and it's the two of us. You know, and he's looking over at me like, oh, you know, here she goes. And I mean, of course, we're working a lot, and it's a hot kitchen and stress and all that. But opening a new business and running a new business, 
but I, that, you know, that began to, to level out. My emotional state wasn't so frantic either. You know, I could, <laughs> I could handle things better. That was a right. big deal. Big deal. And, and that without changing your hormonal medication or anything like this? No, right? no. Okay. Yeah, no other changes. Uh, one thing we probably should emphasize is that, and this is what I want to make sure people don't, don't fall into that trap, is that don't go into the keto diet just for losing weight. No, I mean, if you, if you never lost a pound, all, all the other benefits, you know, if it's the right thing for you, are going to be amazing. I, you know, and, I, and I, that's, I think... It upsets me when I see that people, you know, plateau or don't lose weight in this spectacular fashion that they're expecting, and then they just kick they it to the curb. You know, I'm not going to say it's for everyone, but the health yeah. benefits are absolutely worth it, you know, no matter what. Right. What I'm afraid is that a lot of people are going to jump in because it's the, the new fad diet. Yeah, and then without uh, knowing the background or without knowing uh, on the scientific side the benefits, and then they're going to be disappointed if they don't get what they've been told. So another uh, question I have is: Did you uh, did you read up on it before you started? What book did you read, or um, or you just talk to your nutritionist? I found everything I could online originally. Um, so at the time, it wasn't nearly as popular as it is now. It's almost three years ago. I, so I found what I could that was uh, seemed genuine online. I found the Diet Doctor website. I found um, Keto Diet app. And then I found Amy, and I spoke with her. Then I started getting books. But I, by that point, had some pretty good information, pretty solid information. And I definitely, I always do my research. I wanted to know. Right. And I always try to do both sides. You know, I wanted to find some negative on it too to see right. you know, what it's really about. Yeah, and uh, because you're a chef, you were aware of the food health connection already. Absolutely, absolutely. And, right. and from my, you know, my background, uh, you know, growing up, that was a big part of our lives. My grandmother was the matriarch of our home, and she had. I, you know, she did it all. She found, she realized my brother was allergic to dairy and got him off dairy, which cured his asthma. You know, she, um, I was born with pigeon toes and uh, she didn't want me to have leg braces. She found some super, super food uh, supplement that I, she gave to me and I, my leg straightened out. I didn't have to have leg braces. She healed her own uh, rheumatoid arthritis. So for me, that was a very, very real that, you know, food. Yeah is a healing power right right good example great example um so you do uh you do have some uh, keto products on your website can you describe them um by the way i love your keto granola thank you thank you yeah and of course i don't have a bag here with me obviously so but um so my main thing right now i've, I've sold some different things and baked and you know done some things because we're in the restaurant uh but i've been making a keto friendly low carb friendly granola it's also happens to be vegan and dairy free i made it for myself and people liked it so i started packaging it and it's very 
simple. It, you know, it's just made with coconut and nuts and coconut oil. And uh, I do use a little erythritol as a sweetener, uh, but I don't sweeten it very strongly. So I've actually sold quite a bit. I put it on Etsy just to have an ability to sell it because I spent so much time in the restaurant. I couldn't start a website for it, but I put right. it on Etsy. I've shipped it as far as Japan and wow. uh, to every state in the United States so far. So, and Puerto Rico, <laughs> um, it's been going fairly well. I try to Very dedicate nice. some time to it and uh, you know, people it's been well received. Right. And I really like your recipes on your website as well. Thank you. Thank you. I they look very yummy. <laughs> Thank you. My goal is to do more. And my goal is really at some point to have the time to go back to doing um, more teaching instruction and videos. I, my real passion is where food for health and, you know, true ancestral and traditional culinary meat, because to me, this isn't some newfangled thing. It's just a return to our yeah. Yes. Uh, and traditional ways of eating, traditional culinary. So, you know, for me, it's, that's my real passion. That's really important to me. And, you know, so I plan to further develop that as I can. Mm. Okay. Well, speaking of which, you, uh, besides your recipe, you, um, you offer cooking classes or it's just mostly uh, demos on video? I do cooking classes. I've done some private cooking classes. I did a intensive workshop um, last summer at Keto Fest in Connecticut. Uh, the two keto dudes put that on. I will likely do those again this year. I did a demo and then I also did actual hands-on workshops. But you can, you know, hire me to do a private class or a group class. Uh, yeah, I te I, teaching is really, I just love it. Uh, before yeah. we opened the restaurant, I was teaching full-time. Uh, professional cooking and I just love sharing my excitement about food to me there's nothing more thrilling than food you know I, yeah. <laughs> I cut open a zucchini or you know I slice an onion and like I'm just over the moon I think it's the coolest thing and never never gets old for me uh, yeah. so I just love sharing yeah, that. I found that um, as I got older I uh, really enjoyed teaching other people you know uh, transferring or passing along my knowledge, my experience, because, you know, 45 years in kitchen, so yeah. I have a lot. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, um, I, you know, on, uh, on this side anyway, uh, there's not a whole lot of opportunities. Uh, I did teach uh, the local, um, you know, Whole Foods Market and Central Market. I also taught in culinary schools, a couple of them, one of which unfortunately closed down because there was not enough demand. Mm. You know, vegan vegetarian uh, school unfortunately closes doors so I'm kind of in withdrawal as far as teaching but I'm glad you can find gigs and uh, and then carry on the, the knowledge um, do you plan to come to KetoCon in uh, in Austin uh, this year yeah actually I was there uh, last year and the year before um, right. And uh, as far as I know, I'll be there again this year. All, you know, <laughs> restaurant life well, not standing. It all goes as planned. When you come down, though, make sure to stay in touch with me because I live in Austin. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, we, you, you know, you and Jade, and, you know, we can get together and have a nice keto dinner. That sounds wonderful. Amazing. Like, 
like barbecue. <laughs> Every, if I'm in Texas, you better believe I'm going to eat as much barbecue as I can procure. That's not our strong suit. <laughs> please, please make sure to stay in touch before let let, let me know before you come so we can uh, organize a, a get together. Absolutely, that sounds okay. wonderful. Uh, last time I had, I was part of that. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Moore was part of the group. Mm, uh, mm -hmm. There was a group of about you know. There was this lady from Canada as well. I can't remember her name right now. I'm terrible with name. Is it Jillian? Uh, Is that Jade's friend Jillian? Uh, yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. So uh, that was fun. I don't remember seeing you at that dinner, though. I don't remember seeing you either, so I probably wasn't there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was at the barbecue place, um, Terry Black's. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah, do remember that. I had lunch there, but I, I don't think I was there for dinner. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so how can we find information about your products and services? Uh, the best place to find me is at ketocookingschool.com. And I have links there to my social media and uh, my Etsy shop for now for granola. I'll be restocking that this week. Um, so yeah, ketocookingschool.com. You can find okay. me pretty easily. And then you have links to the to the shop and all that. Yep, absolutely. Okie dokie. Mark's turn now. Mark, are you still awake? <laughs> I will be when I turn my microphone on. There we go. Okay. So you, you said that you, the emotional state was the thing that you noticed the greatest change in. Did that come all of a sudden or was it something that crept up on you slowly? And, and what were the things that really um, made you made you notice that there had been an emotional change? Well, it started to change, maybe, maybe it crept up, but I actually felt a very distinct difference from not being in a ketogenic state to becoming in a ketogenic state. It was pretty distinct. Hmm. Uh, so along with the energy, yeah, my emotional state began to change. And I, when I really noticed it was, you know, in a busy Friday night in the restaurant when it was 150 degrees <laughs> and instead of, you know, being moved to tears because somebody wanted <laughs> change on their dish, you know, or being furious and flinging the phone because, you know, somebody had the audacity to ask some silly question, you know, that all of a sudden I was taking it much better. And I, I think, you know, I literally, my husband looked over at me and was like, wow, <laughs> you know, you, you're okay, you know, you're okay, we're all right, okay, let's move on, you know, I mean, and I think that was the moment that I was like, oh, I, I, I'm different, you know, my emotions <laughs> have taken on a new timber, so it, it was, it kind of happened all of a sudden, really. Excellent, and is that something that you still notice changes, for instance, when you're in and out of ketosis? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I will notice feeling, you know, like around the holidays, not only, of course, that there are all sorts of temptations, but I had to cook and bake a lot of things I don't normally and taste them. And, you know, so all of a sudden I wake up in the morning and I don't feel much like getting up and I don't feel much like doing anything. And I feel like everything seems pretty lousy, you know, this, even though they're exactly the same as they were the day before when I am either, you know, back to being absolutely 
low carb or I'm back in ketosis, those same things just seem okay. And hey, let, you know, I just want to get up and do what I've got to do and I'm ready for the next task and I feel motivated. And it's, it's incredible. I, I think that's the one thing that I would have never believed in a million years if I hadn't experienced it for myself mm. and that I, that I experienced most distinctly. Okay. Okay. And, and I mean, you said before you were um, measuring where you were on the ketosis scale, where you're either in or out or sort of how far up or down. Do you still do that now to when you think you're maybe wandering one way or the other? Yeah, I, I don't do it very often just because of my time. But when I start to feel like maybe I'm really wandering off the path that, you know, I just have started to get very loosey-goosey and I'm not paying much attention <laughs> to what I'm doing, you know, just to sort of check in with myself, then I'll start to track again uh, for a couple days with my breath tone monitor, you know, for a few days. Yeah. Did you find the breath tone monitor a lot more accurate than, say, the uh, ketone urine sticks? Yeah, you know, uh, uh, like mo many people, after being uh, in ketosis for a while, the urine sticks don't really register anything for me anymore. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, the breath monitor, I can actually get a grasp of what's going on. And, and you know, I can test multiple times during the day if I have time or, you know, every morning or whatever it may be. So. Which one did you go for, just out of interest? I mean, uh, other um, people want to know. I, uh, the, what is it, ketonics? I think it's, that should be the right name. <laughs> like I said, at the time it was a little pricey. Um, mm. And I sent, I, I bought a less expensive, like portable one, but it didn't work as well. It wasn't as accurate. It was like one of those altered, uh, you know, alcohol breathalyzers. Um, so key, the ketonics is the one that I have. Okay, super job. The, the other thing you said that changed was you, um, you didn't suffer from inflammation and, and, and achy joints and that sort of thing. Has, has that been something that has permanently gone away or does it come back from time to time if you wander off the path of um, food righteousness, if I can call it that? <laughs> um, it has almost permanently gone away. If I do something really egregious, then I will wake up with hip pain again. Um, my knee really hasn't bothered me. Mm. Uh, which that had been bad for a long time because I fell down and smashed it while roller skating uh, with my god kids years ago. And it had really always bothered me since then. Mm. Um, and that has not flared up since I went keto. Okay. So it's, it's almost like a constant reminder of just how effective keto is then. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and when, and on the occasion that I do wake up with the hip pain again in my joints, it's a reminder that I don't want to go back down that road. You know, oh, I would sure. like to. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So you, you've got a restaurant with your husband at the moment and you know, you'd like to go do more teaching mm -hmm. Where do you see yourself in sort of five years time. What's the big picture for Tiffany? Oh, that's a compelling question. <laughs> I really, the big picture is in five years time, I would love to be, teaching, sharing recipes, have a well-rounded website. And um, I would love to be teaching professionals how to cook this health supportive way, because I just believe there's going to be much more of a call for it. People are going to have to realize that they're going to have to integrate it into, um, you know, 
their therapeutic diets and so forth. I think there's going to be a huge call for it. And I, I would love mm-hmm. to be helping other professionals. I'd love to write the textbook on it. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Super job. Well, I've got, a, I've got a few more questions, but I know you're tight for time. So probably a good thing to uh, bring things to a, a close there. And um, Did you want to add anything, Tiffany? Is there anything you wanted to um, tell us? Um, well, I would just like to say thank you for, uh, you know, sharing this time with me and having me on. I have enjoyed it greatly. And I would just say to anybody who's curious or is questioning this or just wants to give it a try to, you know, be careful because now it's become trendy and you may think you're doing a ketogenic diet and you're not because Mm -hmm. somebody is selling you a bill of goods. Um, but don't be afraid to try it and don't be afraid to try to do what you can do. Don't feel that if there, if you can't afford something or you can't, this, or you can't, you know, you can make it work for you and you can do it to the best of your ability and you can do what you can do for yourself. It doesn't, there's no hard and fast rules. It doesn't have to be this way or that way or the other. Right. Uh, but most importantly, even if you don't choose this, choose something that, improves your health and makes you feel better and whatever means you have and wherever you are. If it means you're, you know, if you're, you can't get off the couch, but you can raise your arms and, you know, dance to some music you like on that couch, go for it. Do something that makes you feel good and makes you feel better and work for your health. And for a lot of us, that is in fact, choosing a ketogenic lifestyle. Right, right. There's a tendency in those uh, kind of diets for some people to be extremely strict. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I have found that that's, unless you're really, really um, strong-minded, it's, it's usually a, um, a path to defeat because if you try, I prefer your approach progressively moving into it than going cold turkey and try hard, very hard for short time. And if you don't see results or if you think it's too restrictive, then you quit, you know, before you actually see results. So uh, I would rather they follow your advice and and go progressively learn as they go and see the effects of their changes. And then, and at this moment, like you, you know, when you say, oh, wow, you know, I haven't felt pain or I feel better or, you know, whatever the case may be, then going hard and fast because there's too many people out there that are trying to convince you to good, to do it the whole way. And, uh, you know, the American way, the tough, tough guys kind of thing, you know, yeah. which I, yeah. I find it, I find it ridiculous because we're not, most of us are not built that way. So we need to, um, give herself a little leeway to um, even cheat once in a while, if, you know, if as long as. I'm a, a holistic minded person. You know, we live in this world and we're, we're human animals. The seasons change, the temperature changes. If we were, if we were still living, you know, according to the seasons, our diet would be changing every day, every month live in the world that you're in you know you can't completely separate yourself from it and you can't make choices that are so stringent and so impossible that you can't live with them you know and you can't beat yourself up if 
someday you're going to have to just, you know, whatever it is, go with the flow and you're going to have to eat something because that's what's available. Hmm. There, there are people on this earth who don't have the privilege to eat every day. I'm yeah. never going to get up on my soapbox and say what you should eat or what the next person should eat. Every day that I have food to eat is a blessing. The fact that I get to choose what I eat is unbelievable, huge amount of privilege. So I want to be realistic about that. I will choose what's right for me today and tomorrow and the next day, but do it on your own terms. Take care of yourself and do what works for you. I mean, that's, that's all that will ever work. It has to work. If you can't do it, you're not going to do it. Yeah. What I found the, the hardest part for me is uh, social events. Yeah. Social events, because yeah. you don't want to be the guy or the person that says, well, I can't eat this. I can't eat that. I can. And you make everybody feels terrible. So um, to the best of my abilities, I try to pick and choose what works for me. And if I know it's not going to be possible, I'll just bring a couple of snacks in my pocket and then I'll, I'll munch on that and then drink water and I'll be, I'll be fine. I'll, yeah. still be, I'll still be in the party, but I just uh, won't partake mm -hmm. the same kind of foods that the other people would do, but I'm still with my friends. So. That's something that's also, because we tend to feel guilty, we go into these social events and, and you, your friends tend to pressure you, have a piece of cake, you know, do this, do that. And, and you can't say no to everything, right? So if it's a birthday party, I'll take a teeny tiny slice of piece, uh, cake, you know, uh, and if they ask me why, it's just, well, I'm on a special diet or whatever, you know, I find, mm -hmm. With, but the, 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 the trick, the, the thing not to do is to make your guests feel bad about what they offer you. And that sometimes can be difficult, you know. Yeah, there's definitely social pressure, um, you know. But again, the flip side of that is, you know, I, like I said, unfortunately, I have a not, not life-threatening, but an allergy to tomatoes. You know what? Mm -hmm. The greatest party in the world is not going to make me eat tomatoes because <laughs> I'm not going to eat them because I don't want to feel that way, you know, and anybody who knows me is not going to offer them to me. So, right. you know, somewhere in there is your balance. If it really is the wrong thing for you to do, don't do it. Well, if you going, have a little leeway, back, use your leeway. <laughs> going back to the microbiotic, um, micro, microbiotic classes I took, I seem to remember we, we had a fake tomato sauce that was made with carrots. No tomato sauce. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Carrots yes. and beans, as I recall. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. A little high on the carb scale for my new lifestyle. But, right. <laughs> but yeah, I remember. Maybe, that, you know. maybe you can start a new trend in the, at the pizza restaurant. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> sure. It would be very well received. I'll make cauliflower pizza with no tomato sauce. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. You just have to convince your husband. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, why not? I mean, you know, uh, I mean, all sorts of pizza place now offering gluten-free crust. Yeah, yeah. You could go one step further and, you know. Yeah, I, I've thought about it. We, we may. We will see. <laughs> as, as, as an option, you know, just uh, you don't, don't rub people's face in it. But they say, hey, you know, if you're into this keto diet, we, we have a couple of dishes here that you can you can partake in. Yeah. Yeah. I've had some, uh, 
couple people ask for things and I've had some friends come in. So we, you know, we try to cater to everyone as best we can. Right. Right. So you got your stack of bacon slices on the, on the side for them. <laughs> yeah. With a little coconut butter or peanut butter or almond right. butter. Well, and you know, in, in, we have a traditional uh, pizzeria. So, you know, we have, fresh mozzarella we have pancetta we have prosciutto we have you know lots of great vegetables so we can usually put something together for everybody and you know yeah. I, I can find things for myself as well okay well, well if you're already about um, talking about food is it makes you feel hungry after an hour or so <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> never fails <laughs> <laughs> thank you again Tiffany, for being on the local paleo show and as we say in texas à votre santé y'all Thank you, gentlemen, very much.